You're listening to the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast, where we focus on taking your passion and turning it into your profits. Join us for interviews with business experts, industry influencers, and more. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Next Generation People and Profits podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are going to be talking about the three things that I wish I had known when I started my gym. Before we get to that, make sure you head over to the NG Cheer and Gymnastics owner's Facebook page. And if you have not liked it, you like that page. Uh, Like our Next Generation Gym Owners Facebook page. And lastly, I'm going to change it up. Make sure you have gone to our event registration and you are registered to come to our conference in Las Vegas, January 6th and 7th of 2023. It's going to be absolutely amazing. We have owner's tracks and coaches tracks and all sorts of amazing stuff for your mid-year conference needs. It is absolutely bar none, the best gym owners conference uh, in the country year round for cheer or gymnastics gym owners. So make sure you head over and get registered for that event. It's going to be nothing short of phenomenal. All right. So today we are talking about the three things that I wish I had known when I started my gym. And there are really more than three. I just kind of narrowed it down to my top three that I think encompass a lot of things and were things that I truly uh, didn't know or I thought the opposite. And so uh, getting to it, number one is making a profit is not an evil thing. Number two, getting help doesn't mean that you're not good enough. And number three, it is nearly impossible to be a good boss and a great friend. All right, so I'm going to break those down in a second. But what got me thinking about the need to talk about this on an episode? Well, I'm working with a couple super smart and motivated soon-to-be gym owners. And they actually haven't started their gyms yet. uh, But they are in the process of getting going. They're in the process of looking for a building and picking out their colors and picking out their logos and all those different things. And it's a super exciting time for them. And I remember thinking back to when I was at that stage as an owner and how fun and exciting that was. And it got me thinking about what were some things that I wish I had known when I started out as a new gym owner so I can impart those things to them, which then got me thinking, man, this is something I should do an episode on for the podcast. So for those of you that don't know, I got started in my gym. I started out as a coach, as most of us did. Uh, I was coaching. I actually coached in a gym in Eugene uh, when I was going to college. And it was a wonderful gym. It was very uh, mom and pop, family oriented. Um, I, I truly loved the athletes that I coached. Uh, we had a close relationship. We were a small gym, so I knew literally every kid in the gym, and uh, it was a really tight knit community. And I coached most of the teams in some way, shape, or form because I was the main tumbling coach, and I coached multiple teams, and I loved it. I mean, it was my home. It was my family. And then when I graduated college. And I got hired uh, for the city of Beaverton as a police officer. And I was starting my training. I had to move from Eugene back to Beaverton. And uh, a gym in Beaverton was uh, where my now wife was coaching. And I started going in to hang out because we were dating. And I knew the owners well. It was a small community. Uh, so I knew the owner well and went in. And I helped out at a couple practices. And they had some coaching snafus. And so they asked me to start coaching at the gym. And I was actually still coaching in Eugene. Um, And long story short, 
Uh, I ended up not coaching in Eugene anymore, which was very sad for me, but just coaching in Beaverton. And uh, I had a great little junior four team and I just continued coaching at the gym. Uh, And when I deployed to Iraq, my wife still worked at the gym. Uh, She was kind of doing a lot of the management stuff as well as coaching teams. Uh, And then when I returned, uh, I had saved up a bunch of money uh, from my deployment and had had some opportunity. And the current owner was looking to get out and focus on opening uh, another business. Uh, and the, the gym was taking up too much time. So we talked about it, uh, my wife and I, and we decided, hey, let's, let's make a go at this. Let's buy the gym uh, because we loved the families and we didn't want to see it close. Uh, and that was kind of where the previous owner was at. He was like, I'm either going to close this thing or I'm going to sell it to somebody. And I prefer sell it to somebody, but I can't do this anymore. And so we were like, let's take the opportunity. So we took it on and we really had no clue what we were doing. Um, Beyond had no clue what we were doing. We knew we had knew how to coach cheerleading. And other than that, we didn't know what we didn't know. And so we made a litany of mistakes. I mean, mistake after mistake after mistake. Plus, we were having babies during this time. I was working full time. Uh, she was coaching other things. Like we were, we were spread thin, and we didn't know the things we didn't know. And so, I want to talk through some of those big three things. So, number one, that making a profit isn't an evil thing. Now, this may seem silly to some of you, but I came up in an era, especially coming up as a coach. Uh, you know, I didn't get paid anything crazy as a coach. I, when I first started coaching, I no joke to go to national events. I bought my own plane tickets to go and coach. Like I literally lost money to go coach my teams at national events. And this was back when it was like, truly you went to nationals, you would go to one a year. And then all of our other competitions were at high schools in our state. So this was one flyaway event and I would end up paying for it. Um, you know, you just worked extra hours. You did all those extra things for no compensation because the gym couldn't afford to pay you anymore. And uh, it was kind of this, I don't know, this kind of Mother Teresa-esque everyone works for low pay in the cheerleading world uh, because we're helping the kids and we're, we're just, we're coaches. That's what we do. And it kind of um, subtly trained me to be hesitant to take money, hesitant to focus on the profit aspect of the gym. And I really kind of had a bad taste in my mouth because of that preconceived notion. And from what I'd seen other owners do where they had made money, but then kind of uh, spent it poorly, what what was in my opinion, spending it poorly, spending it on themselves in ways that I thought was a little bit lavish. And that is not really relevant to the conversation. It just, it, it gave me a preconceived notion. And what I didn't realize Um, now looking back is that profit is not a bad thing, not remotely. In fact, if you're not profitable, you cannot support the gym. You can't grow the gym. You can't market. You can't get more equipment. You can't do all of the things that you need to be doing as a great gym. You can't deliver great product for your clients. You can't have the best, um, best coaches. You can't have the best equipment. You can't do parent appreciation weeks where you buy your parents gifts. You can't do those things if you don't have a profit margin. So on top of that, 
You can't pay yourself. And paying yourself is really, really important because if your gym is going to run well, it needs you to be focused on it. It needs you to have the energy and the time to do the things that are necessary in the gym. And if you're not profiting and you're not supporting yourself and you're having to do a bunch of other jobs and other things to get by, you're actually giving your gym the second best version of yourself, or maybe even the third best version of yourself if you're that overextended. So by making a profit, you actually are doing better by the people that are paying you. I know that can seem counterintuitive. And I 100% would have been like, no, you don't need to make money. No one's in the cheerleading industry to get rich. And that's not true. There are lots of people who are in the cheerleading industry to get rich. And there are lots of people in the cheerleading industry who are rich or who have gotten rich from the cheerleading industry. So uh, I would more say the people who are not getting, uh, not rich, but the people who are not profiting in the cheerleading industry are making a mistake because it is an opportunity to make money and set yourself up and your business up for success. Number two, the getting help doesn't mean you're not good enough. So this is one of the ones that I think is so important for new gym owners to hear. And it is that feeling of imposter syndrome, which is, I don't really know what I'm talking about. I'm just faking it. And therefore, I'm not good enough. And if I ask for help, it means I'm not good enough. And I had this on every single step of the way. If I needed help, Uh, As a business owner, it meant I was a bad business owner. If I needed help as a coach, then it meant I wasn't a good coach. And I really spent the first couple years uh, not being overly open to ideas and not being overly open to other people helping me out. And that was a horrible decision. And it wasn't until I started to learn more and surround myself with people who could help help me that I really found that explosive growth. Like when I actually started drilling down into getting help as a business owner, getting coaching and support as a business owner, getting coaching and support from other people who could help me become a better coach, uh, that I really, really took things to the next level. Like just being smart and just understanding cheerleading wasn't good enough. I needed to do more and I needed people to help me get there. And by being unwilling to accept that and unwilling to accept it because I thought that that then said something about me when it really didn't, the the people who are the strongest are the people who have the ability to acknowledge when they need help. And I, I totally get that if my wife was sitting here in the room, she'd throw something at me because I am absolutely, I'm still that person. I've mentioned this on other episodes who will walk around Home Depot for an hour trying to find something because I don't want to ask someone because I want to figure it out myself. I want to do it myself. And that's probably one of my weaknesses is that I have a tendency to default to I can do that myself when in reality, maybe I can, but there's someone who can do it better and faster than I can. And by having that person do it, it doesn't admit weakness. It just admits that I need help, right? I don't feel bad going to the doctor and have them perform a surgical procedure on me because I'm not a surgeon. It's not a commentary on me, maybe the weakness of my body if I need a surgery, but it's really not a commentary on me and my inability. It is a commentary on just the fact that I'm not a doctor. I'm not a surgeon. So at the point that I started getting help to be a better business owner, really the reality was I wasn't really a business owner. I was just a coach who was running a business and not doing it very well. I wasn't a I wasn't a business owner. I wasn't thinking like a businessman. I wasn't thinking like a business owner. And so that was a 
a kind of epiphany for me to realize that I needed help and it was okay to ask for those things and it had nothing to do with me being weak. And then number three is that it's nearly impossible to be a good boss and a great friend. And now it's nearly impossible. It's not completely impossible. Um, I actually have a employee who has been with us from the beginning, like from the very, very start. She was a coach with us. She's actually the longest standing coach in this program. Um, she was a coach with us and then we bought the gym and she stayed coaching and now her and I coach two teams together and she is one of our very dear friends. You know, our kids think, refer to her as, as their aunt. Um, and, but she's the only one to have lasted and to have managed through that. And I believe that it's all, it's because it's a two way street. The only way to be a good boss and a great friend is if that person is also in it for the right reasons. And one of those people who can, who can manage that, reality, which is there are times where you're going to have to make decisions that they don't like and tell them to do things that they don't like. So like many gyms, I started out with having coaches that were all our friends. Uh, one of our coaches was uh, Tori's best friend, my wife's best friend since she was six years old. And she's still a dear friend of ours. And we had other friends that were coaches for us, people that kind of came up together and we were all friends. And the problem was, is when you are balancing, well, we're friends, but I'm also your boss, it becomes a really challenging scenario because it can become very easy to buck the system and say, well, I'm not going to do that thing because um, you're my friend. Like you're not being a good friend right now when you're telling me I'm sucking at my job. Well, yeah, I'm not being a great friend right now, but I am being a good boss. I am holding you accountable. And so that just creates a lot of challenge when you're trying to be friends with people that you employ. Now, I currently am not friends with any of my employees. I would not say I was, except for maybe that one person who's been with us from the beginning. She's probably the only employee that we have that I would truly consider a friend, like that I would talk to if I was really had some serious things going on in my life and I would trust her to help and be there as a friend. Like We will be friends long after she doesn't work at the gym which is the way it is with some of these other employees who have left is we are still friends because it our relationship transcended outside the boss to friend relationship but when they were our employees it was rough like there was just a period of time there was about a a year and a half period of time where literally every day driving home i was on the phone with my wife and we were talking about one or another of our employees that was driving us crazy and was being a jerk or like not following the rules and we didn't know what to do and we couldn't fire them and it was so hard and it was like it was just a really miserable time frame because of the fact that we employed our friends we didn't employ employees and that is a really hard position to be in can you navigate it yes you can but it is hard and it requires people who want to work on it on both sides and it's, it's nearly impossible to be a good friend and a great boss because being a great boss means you hold people accountable, uh, you tell them the things they don't want to hear, uh, and you do things that they don't necessarily like all the time because it's what's best for the company and not necessarily what's best for that individual. So even if you're in year five of owning your business, you can learn from the things that I wish I had known. Maybe you've already learned two of them, but one of the three is still something that you are struggling with. And the reality is, is you can change it. Even now, you can change it, even if you're in year five. Uh, one of the things that can help with that is having a coach, having someone who can tell you that honest truth, that dis 
passionate look at what is going on and say, hey, these are the things you need to be considering. This is a problem for you and this is how you can fix it. And when they do that, uh, you can finally look back and say, man, why didn't I do that sooner? Right? Like I've been there. I've, I've done that situation where I've been like, oh, I can never do this thing, right? I can never fire that person because we won't survive. A million kids will quit. It won't work out. And then you do it and no one quits and you go, man, why didn't I let them go sooner? My life is so much easier now that I solved this problem by letting that employee go, right? Because knowing and executing are different things, right? I know, like these are the three things I wish I had known but that doesn't mean that I would have executed on them. Uh, just because I had known them doesn't mean I would have done it differently. If it were not for number two, I do not think I would have executed half of the things I have. By surrounding myself with smarter and more experienced people than me has shaped me to be a better business owner than I am today. So then I would have been on my own. So having those smarter people, having those people guiding me made a really huge difference in me becoming a better business owner. So leaving this episode, what I want you to do is write down the three things that you wish you had known when you started your gym. And then I want you to look at those and discover, am I still doing those things? Like, do I know them, but I'm still doing them wrong? And do you know it should be different than it already is and you have just haven't executed on it. And after you've written down those three things, and if you've determined any of them you're still doing wrong, I want you to fix that thing like right now. Don't wait. Find the solution and execute it. And if you don't know where to start, then reach out to me. Shoot me a message. Let me know. I'm happy to help. I'm happy to walk you through it. Book a call with one with Danielle or me or Justin or or someone where you can get on and get a little bit of help. We can give you a little bit of advice. Um, but we're there. We're here for you. We're here to support you. And then lastly, even though it's not related to this, register for our conference. It's going to be amazing. I promise you it will be worth the trip and you're in Las Vegas. It's awesome. All right. So if you're looking for another podcast that is related to cheerleading, make sure you check out the Let's Talk Cheer podcast with Jason Larkins. He always puts out some amazing content. I love listening to it every week. Uh, It is one of my religious listens. So make sure you check it out as well. And with that, we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Next Generation Gym Owners, People and Profits podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.